welcome to Strip by Sia. I am Sia. This is my podcast, and I'm so excited to get this started for you guys. There's been a lot of hype around this, and I've been super jazzed about this little project of mine. So, um, just a little quick intro. Who am I? Um, you guys might know me as Steph Sia on various um, social channels. You might know me by my stage name, Kimchi. Um, I am a stripper here in beautiful British Columbia, specifically in downtown Vancouver. Um, Basically, why am I doing this? I am doing this podcast because um, I want to destigmatize, normalize, and open up the conversation about what strippers and what sex workers do, um, just going a bit uh, deeper than the surface. Um, There's a lot of assumptions, a lot of stigma that comes with working in the industry, and I wanted to smash all that shit down to the ground. So yeah, I just want to tear down assumptions, um, breaking down the whole taboo-ness of what it means to be a stripper and also what it means to be associated in the sex industry. So it's my kind of uh, doing my part in the community. Um, Basically, I really want to provide a channel for strippers and for sex workers to speak out on what they actually do and have them define it instead of society defining it for us because they always seem to do that. Um, Just want to go over what's deemed as acceptable behavior for clients, um, breaking down any myths people might have, and of course addressing people's overall curiosity. And here is episode number one. So today on the podcast we have Sadie who is a local dominatrix here in Vancouver, BC. So excited to get into this whole topic. (laughs) So many questions for you. But let's first start off with uh, how's your weekend? What do you do? I saw you last week. (laughs) This is true. Um, My weekend is Busy. Busy work-wise? Busy work-wise, yeah. I'm Good. non-stop working, um, which is great. Good cash. Fun. Did you get to do anything on your free time, or is it just like work, 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 work? All work. All the time. <laughs> for now. For now. But Holy sometimes <laughs> it slows down, and then I get to actually have a life, but until then. Okay, so it's sort of like me. Yeah, Just slaving much. away in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> working all the jobs. <laughs> Um, well, hopefully get to have some playtime within your job. I'm sure we could talk about that. Um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and maybe define what you do, how would you define being a dominatrix? If you're explaining it to someone who has no idea, how would you describe that? Um, you know what? That's kind of, it's funny enough, that's kind of a hard question because in my head, it's like I get to, I get to be a part of someone's secret life because a lot of the times people that I see are not really connected with that side of themselves like submissive side of themselves which is why they seek me out right because they want somebody to explore that avenue of their sexuality with but maybe they're not comfortable um, because they're married or they just are traditionalists and they don't want to do those kinds of things with their partner um, which is another topic altogether but <laughs> I guess you could say it would be I'm a person that just helps people connect with that side of themselves which is a great thing we need more people like you out there right yeah I think so <laughs> anyways <laughs> That's really interesting. So um, going back to what you said, what are some reasons do you think that people or your clients seek out this type of pleasure? Um, it's hard It's hard for me to touch on that because for myself, like I've always been pretty sexually uh, not liberated, but just my curiosity always got the best of me and I never denied it. But I think, <laughs> I think what happens is people deny themselves for a long time just based on the framework of how they feel like they're supposed to be within society. Right. Because I've actually never, 
had a client that's female. I've always had male clients right. and I feel like the, you know, life will typecast them as like you're a man and you're you're a businessman and you don't get to do <laughs> you don't get to do these these submissive things and like, you know, you're not supposed to be that person. Right. So they're kind of like within their box, you have these parameters and these rules to fill and that's just what you're supposed to do kind of thing. For sure. So yeah. do you think like your clients are really repressed or are they just like or are they curious or like Um it's kind of funny. I was actually having this conversation with a uh, a work partner of mine. We started working together and then when we branched off uh, on our own to be independent, we started noticing that she got all of the like heavy players that were already into kink and fetish that wanted all this crazy shit <laughs> that I like sometimes would be like, okay, this is a bit much for me, which was intense. <laughs> and I would get all the kind of more vanilla um, kind of first timers that were kind of curious about these things and I don't know it was just, wow. it was just, kind, of, it was just kind of strange I was like okay so I feel like I'm getting all the the people who are just just starting to touch on that side of themselves so there's really like a wide spectrum of clients then from oh, yeah. like really van- yeah as you said like really vanilla and really crazy fucked up kinky shit <laughs> <laughs> which we can get into later I'm so excited to talk about that <laughs> want to hear all the weird shit oh yeah I've got tons of stories <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so like how did you how did you get started with being a dom? Like how does one person get into that? Um, well, my particular uh situation before I started was I was kind of working a normal job, mm-hmm. like a pretty average like service job, and I wasn't I was making decent money, but like I kind of just was feeling stuck and I feel like a lot of people can identify with that, especially in the age range of like, you know, 20s to 30s where you're kind of doing what you're supposed to do, but you're not really happy with it. And so so, story of my life yeah so <laughs> then eventually I I don't know how it came up I think it was honestly just like a joke within a conversation that I was having with some girls at work and we were like oh ha 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 wouldn't it just be funny if you know you could be a dominatrix and just do fucked up shit to people for money and then I was like thinking to myself I'm like see the thing is is like I would actually do that <laughs> I don't have a lot of limitations for myself which is great yeah yeah because I think being in that role you have to be of a certain personality type like I don't think that you can just be like you can just act into it and just no, try to be people, one people people pick up on that for sure right and it's a pretty common um it's like a not really a stereotype but like it's definitely talked about within the community that there are people who want to venture into the dom world as they were escorts before because they just want to expand their repertoire and like make as much money as possible but it never works out that way because people and I hate that this exists but people can review you online so there's websites for service providers that clients there's a huge community of them that go online and and they chat about oh you know depending on what city you're in have you seen so and so like her ad looks really good and then there's like going to be somebody that's like well she kind of just like (laughs) she's not very yeah not very commanding just kind of like oh my god like they're really disappointed and so that right and even some of the other doms will put that in their ad like don't fall for that whole shtick but oh my gosh. yeah you definitely 
definitely can if you're not that type of person like you shouldn't be doing it right you're yeah. not going to be successful in that then no that like you so you might thing. you might for some for some people who just like don't really care that much or don't really know like if they're new maybe they wouldn't yeah. really know what to expect yeah that's really interesting okay so wait what there's a website that you can review people is that how like you find like people find you or like how does that whole situation work like how do your clients find you so i there's there's a there's a huge lack of advertising websites at the moment ever since and i'm sure people have heard that like back pages which was very yes. very popular for seeking out um adult entertainment yes <laughs> got shut it's down gone. and so there are some other advertising platforms but that's pretty much how i do it through oh, advertising okay. and also through referrals oh wow yeah. that's awesome so i have some people that work uh friends that work in the industry as well that if you know somebody messages them and says oh do you offer this and say they don't for whatever reason they just refer them to me and vice versa it's kind of like sharing is caring (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) that's really interesting wow like so I know like going back to what you said about back pages being shut down so do you think it's a lot harder for people to find you now as opposed to how it was before or like can you kind of touch on that um funny enough I never actually advertised on back pages because oh. they didn't have a very strong section for uh, like dom and, and fetish right. um and then at the time where that sesta fosta stuff was uh, going down in the state yeah. a lot of uh, the website yeah very awful a lot of the websites that um also you could advertise on in Canada got raided or affected in some way so wow. it kind of only left a select few which I won't mention (laughs) Um, but yeah it's it's, um it definitely makes a difference to be able to advertise like I get a lot more influx of people uh inquiring but yeah it's it's insanely helpful for that that's awesome I have no idea about this whole world I'm like how do you do this like how does this work like what's the process and stuff yeah it's, it's kind of kind of one of those things that you just kind of get thrown into and you either sink or swim so right were you struggling in the beginning or like was it hard for you to navigate like how long have you been doing this for mm, two years or so Jeez. so the first time was obviously extremely nerve-wracking um I will preface that preface by saying that I'm in my own personal life like I'm aware that people have kinks and fetishes and there's all sorts of things that make people go um but I personally am not like super kinky like nothing that I like in my personal life sexually is like that far from the ordinary I don't think and so here you are like trying to fathom all these things that you've never done before it's like okay so first time this guy wants to drink your piss (laughs) (laughs) you're you're gonna peg him and you're gonna beat the shit out of him and you're like okay cool so I kind of just had this attitude about it that like if I question myself at any point this person is gonna know that I've never done this before so I fully went in guns blazing and he became my client for like a really long time he like was absolutely enamored by me which was hilarious because I was like I actually bruised the inside of my palm from spanking him oh my god so hard oh my gosh I was like okay maybe I won't do that next time that's so interesting so in terms of like pain threshold like how can you determine what is going to be suitable for the client because I just feel like how would you know <laughs> without like abusing them um so that kind of that kind of falls in like for for a lot of people the fantasy is that they want this they want the the feeling of non-consent right. so they want to feel like you're violating them which I mean you are but to some degree and some people that do this kind of work don't really have these practices which is a shame mm-hmm. so you don't actually want to hurt them like right you do that and there's no trust there's no building that connection 
decision. There's no going back from that. Um, so you have to have certain fail-safes in place in order to make sure that they understand that. Um, so I try my best to incorporate me telling them that within the scene that I'm doing. So it's not like, okay, thanks for coming. So today your safe word is going to be banana. <laughs> and if you feel like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't want that because that just kind of fucking kills the mood right away. Right. So I'll just work it into like I'll whisper it in the ear. Like if it's, if it's really hurting you, you say this, do you understand? And they'll right. say, yeah. And then I've never had anybody use a safe word before. Thank God. Oh my but God. <laughs> you just, and then you keep, you start slow and then you just gauge the reaction and you keep going, you keep going, keep going, keep going. And then that's just that. Until you bruise your hand and then. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, the, <laughs> that was just beginner's luck. <laughs> so, that was literally your first time. That was, like, that was oh, my first time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so intense. <laughs> so you've definitely probably have gotten like a lot of like different types of requests. So you said, and you mentioned a couple mm-hmm. people drinking your piss, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of physical mm-hmm. um, requests as well. What are some of the kinkiest or weirdest, or I want, I want to say weird because you know what? Everyone has their own kink and that's cool and all, but like what's the most like out of the box type of, if you're allowed to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, none of these people have names, so that's yes. good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, I think, like, okay, a lot of the times when people will email you, the real thing is that they just want to talk to somebody about some weird shit that made them horny one time, mm. or a few times. They just have nobody to say it to. So, they pick you because they know that you probably get to talk about it a lot. But most of them never follow through with it, and you kind of, along the line, get to figure out um, who, how they speak, and then you differentiate those from people who actually want to see you. Right. And so, I got one of those one time, and it was so, so... <laughs> bizarre like this guy said he started the conversation off by saying that he wanted to be uh, permanently damaged like he which is something that I don't do oh my god by the way okay um, yeah. <laughs> so he said I want permanent da- damage like do you do that and I'm like well it could be something different in their head when they think it's permanent damage or like it's just a fantasy so you have to try and like figure out what it is and you he said define it right exactly and he said that he wanted <laughs> he wanted this very elaborate scene where he would be on the ground and we would be walking around his apartment and we would piss into a pot there are two of us by the way this was a duo that he was requesting okay the two girls would pee in a pot and boil it and then standing above him but not facing him (laughs) basically like hugging this (laughs) this pot of boiling piss onto him oh my god over the shoulder (laughs) to maim him oh my god permanently scar him with boiling hot piss and I was like wow (laughs) I I've never, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you say to that? Like, how do you say that with a straight face? You're like, um. Thankfully, it's over email, so you can oh just, like, god. react however you want. And in my oh, case, shit. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, look at this. Um, I like to politely decline. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do that. That's too much oh of a hazard. God. Like, it's, you know, if you have, like, third degree piss burns how do you explain yeah, how do you that, explain that? <laughs> yeah. go to the hospital like this happened like, am i taking you there like i don't know so it was just that was a really weird one but then also like within practice too like i've had like i was saying earlier um one of my girlfriends that i work with from time to time she gets all the really like hard kind of h- more hardcore stuff and she had this one guy who just yeah i don't even know if i can go there <laughs> sometimes when i think about it it irks me but she was on her period and he was like super into period stuff oh and, like, man <laughs> she 
pulled out the tampon and stuffed it in his mouth. Oh my god! Made him, made him chew it and suck it out till it was dry with a ball gag on. And oh I was like, I immediately had to leave and have a drink after that was over. I went and I had several <laughs> drinks and then I came back because I was like, did I just, did that just happen? Did I just, because I, you know what I mean, I'm all about, you know, woman power and stuff, but like, I kind of, I just, oh my gosh, even thinking about my own period blood, I'm kind of like, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and like, I just wish it was over. Yeah, definitely. So. That's so bizarre. I like made cookies that look like <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Little, little deviled period cookies. <laughs> Wow, so yeah, a lot of that stuff can be really wild. I want to just say wild. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff, I, I like, in terms of beginner, what do people usually ask for? Is it more just physical harm? Or like, or can you even put that into a box? Or like, um, what do people usually ask for? They, If it's it's kind of like on the softer side of BDSM, they just want somebody who's going to have a dominant attitude with them. Right. Because not everybody wants to be pegged. Not, not all men find the idea of, of being like violated quote-unquote by a woman right to be attractive they they're still kind of traditionalist in the sense that they want women to be very ultra feminine and you know wear lingerie but they also want them to you know treat them like dirt and spit on them and kick them and make them crawl all over the ground and things like that so if it's kind of just the mental aspect of feeling like you are serving a woman whatever that may be whatever however she's feeling if she's feeling you know sassy and you know bossy and whatever bitchy and they think that's hot and that usually kind of takes the cake interesting yeah that's so fascinating (laughs) um in terms of like your clientele how is there like a certain age range or is it kind of like all over the place or is it just like you know old white guy in their 50s (laughs) married or something is there like a stereotypical client or is it all across the board um I've had everything from the stereotypical like super rich old white dudes (laughs) to like guys that are like 19 and like oh, bodybuilder wow. type you know what I mean harsh like gym bros uh. <laughs> I had everything from from that to the other um but I would say that the majority I don't know why but I seem to get a lot of uh like Asian fetishists because I'm you're Asian so it's like right I get lots of Asian dudes or like white dudes that are super into Asian women and which but I like another that topic. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. You know it's all like, about that. Get into the freaking yellow fever in the city. Yeah. <laughs> so disturbing. <laughs> um, in terms of like payouts, or is there like a huge range? Like how much, like how do you determine like what you charge? It just depends on the request or how like, is there like a sliding scale or how does that really work? Um, I honestly don't know. Because <laughs> I kind of like, when I was first starting out, obviously I wasn't, I didn't like, I see it wholly as a business. Right. So, which some people might not agree with, but that's how I see it. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I looked at it from the perspective of like, okay, so if I was a person who wanted to seek out that kind of service, like what would I be looking for? And so I based my price on the skill level that I had. So in the beginning, which was like pretty, pretty much nothing. Okay. I was like, it's not really fair. Yeah. Right. So based on the gear that I had and whatever, I pr- I priced it um, based off that. And I looked at, you know, my other ladies that were in the same category as me. Um, so I started lower. But then, but then as I started building clientele and working in better places, because like, 
I'd work at a hotel sometimes. I would work out of, you know, friends' apartments or whatever. But I, I found like a really good spot to work in. Um, it was more high end. So I, my prices went up because the rent went up. Right. And then the stuff that I had to purchase to facilitate like that whole thing, obviously plays into effect as well. So, right. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, you mentioned you're independent now. So were you with an agency before? Is it the same thing like stripping because we're part of an agency mm-hmm. and stuff and they book you in or like, how does that whole situation work? Like, how do you get booked? Um, so I've always been independent, oh, okay. which was, I is think that is, typical. I, you know what? I don't know. Like I know my, one of my girlfriends, she used to escort and she would do, um, fetish requests because the agency could book them through like through the agency basically okay Um, so if they had requests for it you know and they had girls that were available to do it they would book it that way but that's also to say like because it's an escort agency there's also sexual services that are involved um which I don't provide like I don't sleep with any of my clients so I feel like when you're independent you can make those decisions pretty easily for yourself but um I've yeah I've always been independent so that's amazing. It's yeah. so good to have the ability and that freedom to do what it is that you want and of course charge what you want as well. Of course mm-hmm. within reason and stuff. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you mentioned in terms of like these scenes and they take place at different like say your friend's apartment or hotels. Like how does that work in terms of like being discreet and stuff? How does that work? <laughs> um <laughs> I feel <laughs> like question. Yeah, it is a good question because I always like I always always just see it as like okay I'm just kind of here to do this thing like I never think about it too much because I feel like when I start doing that then I'll get nervous Mm -hmm. but I don't know (laughs) it's all good Um, yeah like just I mean discretion is super important because you know you want to respect the time of the person that's coming to see you as well but it's it's always sketchy if you're like doing it at the same place all the time and you're like fully booked all the time. There's people come like if you live in a building, people coming in and out. Everybody's got an old ass neighbor that's always in their fucking business. Like yes. everybody's had one of those. Yes. That's sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually um it's actually safer to do it in a hotel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which people, I think, are a little bit more sketchy about going to because it doesn't look like you're going to someone's house for, like, a glass of wine. <laughs> yes. You know, catch up for an hour. <laughs> Leave with some marks on you. Um, it's kind of just like, oh, my God, I'm a dude. I'm going to a hotel. I'm doing this thing. Because they all think about that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, this part, like, things getting in their mind. And some dudes will show up with sweat <laughs> like, dripping, oh, no. off, dripping off their faces. Like, before you even start. Like, oh, we get so- here, they're drenched. They're like, we have I haven't even begun yet. <laughs> you know, what? I like that. I like that they're that nervous and it just makes me want to fuck with them even more. Um, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of your safety, though, have how do you ensure your own safety in these situations? Have you had, have you had any kind of um, times where you felt unsafe? Um, not, you know what, not really. Like, the thing about that is when you work in an agency, you have, in a way guarantee a guaranteed safety net Mm -hmm. because there's always people around there's a receptionist and you know what depending on how you know not involved with organized crime they are you know (laughs) yeah exactly like you know there's always somebody there to back you up but um when you're independent like it's super important that you have a screening process and I always wondered this because clients will always kind of go with the path of least resistance. So when they're emailing like a couple different people that they want to see, whoever's going to take them that day, right now, without a deposit, without a reference, they will see first because they're horny and they want this thing and they need it now. Right. On the other hand, I would never see somebody that is willing to disregard all those things. If they think that 
you're doing it just to extract money out of them because you want to deposit it, which could be as little as $15. <laughs> it just means that, like, my time's valued. I'm not going to go there and get set up for you to not show up and give me the address and have you know where I am. Right. Unless there's some sort of gesture there that you're, like, serious about it. Um, so, yeah, screening processes are really important, and I find that some people don't do them, but they also... Uh, That's that, sketchy. It is, it is sketchy, Super and it's sketchy. kind of stupid on their end because it's like, you should be doing that every time. Right. For yourself and also for the other person, too. It's good that you have this, like, whole business-minded aspect to it. So you, you definitely, like, view this as, like, a business transaction. There's nothing else. It's a, it's a service. Right. It's a service. It's like getting your hair cut. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the same, but... <laughs> well, I mean, like... <laughs> it is a service, though. <laughs> if that's your thing, right? But, um, yeah, no, it's important to see it that way because I, I feel like a lot of women take the, the stance of, like, well, like... I'm a hot girl, like, you should just do whatever I want. And it's there's a surgence of, of younger people who see, like, especially on Twitter, it's, like, super common when you have, like, Findom and mm-hmm. all these trends that keep coming up, and they don't, mind you, some people don't want to be valued. There's people out there that literally just want to get, like, stepped on and absolutely drained and whatever. Right. But, um, you know, they're people, too. Yeah, absolutely, right? for sure. Mm-hmm. So going back to your process in terms of, like, screening, what are some things that you do to kind of take those precautions in order for you to stay safe? I love references. So if they've ever seen an escort, if they've ever seen another dom, if they've done anything with uh, another service provider, that's super important because then the person can vouch for them and say, yeah, yeah I saw this guy. You know, he, he was decent. He paid. He was on time, whatever. And then there's other people that would be like, you know what? He kind of sucks. He always asks for extras, whatever. They'll tell you. They'll, they'll be honest with you because they know what you're looking for. And there's never an instance that I've ever had where somebody's been like, don't contact me about that kind of stuff ever again. Because mm. you're girls, right? Right. You're like, okay, cool. I'm seeing this dude. Is he cool? They'll be like, yeah, he's great. Or like, they'll laugh about it. And say, yeah, he's great. <laughs> That's amazing. And either way, you get the go ahead. It's like a Yelp five star review. It's like a, yeah, it's a very like underground Yelp system. Yeah. So, you know how there's like, you mentioned people can rate DOMs online on the website. Is there a place where you can rate the clients as well? Or that, does that not Good exist? Question. I have no idea. There should be an app for that. Someone really make that should. up. I think um, uh, there's an escort in the States. Our retired porn star Lydia Ducrave, I think, okay, kind of coined herself as the hoe mentor. She made an app that was kind of like for that. I never obviously downloaded it because I think it was just for people in the United States, mm. but I think that was one of the features of the app. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that gained any traction. I'll have to take a look at that. I think I think they took it. Uh, there's there was some drama with it. I think. Oh, so no. took it off. Of uh, course, took it off the net because they're like, "This isn't right." But I think she got it back. Can never have a nice thing. Never. Ever. <laughs> um, what are some of your? What are some of the struggles that you had doing this role? Like, obviously, I would imagine dating to be really difficult. Like, does your family know about this? Did you lose some friends when you started doing this? How has the experience mm-hmm. been for that? You can't honestly trust anybody. It's so shitty to say this, but you cannot trust people with your secrets because people get excited about that kind of stuff. And I've had instances before where close friends of mine, like people that I've known for 10 plus years. Oh no. So what's going on in your life? Like, what have you been up to? And then I, you know, maybe I'm like, should I tell them? Because like, I'm never spending time with them anymore. Like, um, and then, you know, I've got all this fucking money and I'm like, yeah, like, let's go (laughs) go get a bottle or whatever. (laughs) And then they ask and I feel comfortable enough to tell them. And then, you know, like a couple, couple months down the road, I'll like go out somewhere with them and 
somebody will be like, oh, like, is this, like, the friend that does that? Or, like, oh, right. some you shit like that. that. And I'm just like, you know, it's not really your place to say. That could put me in a lot of trouble. I've had, like, dating has been strange and difficult. And, like, I'm always <laughs> very upfront about it because I know that people have opinions and I'm not trying to, like, have one of those scenarios that people make shows about where they're like, she's a massage girl. And, like, <laughs> the guy's whole fucking life crumbles to the ground because she's, like, this beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not trying to have that so I was like I'm, I'm really upfront about it but it's hard because people just make assumptions or like is she does she really like what she does to the point where she's like horny with these other dudes or like she's naked in front of other guys and like oh my god oh my I can't gosh. handle that it's just like fucking people have the stupidest assumption <laughs> ever I'm like yes yeah, like I turn on all the time no like what the hell like I'm like oh my gosh she must be a freak in the sheets and blah 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 and I'm just like and she'll sleep with anyone. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not exactly how things work here. And that's the thing too is that, like you were saying earlier, like it's for me, it's it's ultimately a personal business. That's kind of how I see it. I love doing it um, for all for all reasons, including the fact that it pays me really well. But <laughs> the best part. <laughs> yeah, and so it's kind of like you know, I don't I don't expect people to understand, but I wish they would. You know, that's why you're on here. So hopefully, people can understand or at least you know have an open mind about it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, like, people just have so many assumptions and people are just so judgmental and, you know, as liberal as Vancouver people say they are, it's only liberal about certain things. But every, as long as it fits in something that doesn't make them uncomfortable. Exactly. And that's just ugh, so annoying. And that's another topic. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, can you tell me, do you want to talk about the time where you were outed? Yeah. Um, that's really scary. Super scary. I have other jobs to maintain myself um and for time (laughs) and uh yeah I was dating a guy he the whole situation makes me so angry but there was a whole situation we got into a fight um and this one was kind of bad so like it lasted for a couple days and like that wasn't really normal for us and I guess it because of the intensity of the whole thing he um came to my work and was like cussing me out in front of my job and then just happened to throw that in there oh, although gosh. he worded it differently he just said that you go on dates for money and I was like oh, oh my god and anybody anybody could I was standing right outside of my job my boss could have been there um my co-workers were still inside and it's like now the questions that I have to answer if they hear me um and also like if my, again if my boss was there and was like oh you know she doesn't want to be associated with that or she doesn't want to employ right. somebody who's you know potentially going to bring trouble quote unquote mm-hmm. or like illegal activity mm-hmm. within her business which i would understand but would be really bummed about like all Definitely. of that could have transpired yeah so very dangerous to put people in positions like that yeah and scary too because it's just like you were just out in the open, it was super public. He had com- oh, yeah. Yeah, super public, complete disregard. Like, it's just not cool. Because obviously you're very discreet about this. Your clients are very discreet about this too. And that's something you kind of have to keep in mind. But mm-hmm. hopefully that was the only time. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, wow. We have gone through a lot of these questions. Just rolling through them, which is awesome. So obviously you have a lot of fun with this job too. It's You don't see it as like work. Or is it a bit of both? Or um, So sometimes emotional exhaustion can really set in uh, if you're not careful about um, managing your time properly, which is this true for any job. Right. Right. Um, there have been times where I was just 
like, <laughs> so sick of being the object of people's desires, which sounds really stupid, but <laughs> when you realize that you've seen, like, five people in a day or something, and it's like, they don't, I don't know why I was thinking this, but it was just exhausting. It's like, these people are just gross and, like, they only want you because you're hot and like whatever but like that's the nature of the business but sometimes it'll creep in and you start to really question like your value because it's sometimes not the price tag it's just the amount of emotional um work that comes into it because you're dealing with people's personal lives as well right they're like almost dependent on you to uh, be themselves in that way at that time that's a really interesting way of putting it yeah you're almost like their therapist, but like not. Yeah, if men could have, <laughs> if men could have like man therapy, that would probably be it. <laughs> That's really interesting. So you mentioned like you can see up to five people a day. Is there more than that? Like, how long are these scenes? Like, what's a typical duration? Or an hour. Oh wow, yeah. that can be super exhausting. Yeah, and like depending on you know what I mean, like you've got outfits and you're walking it like you've got heels. Yeah, you're walking around in those in those things for five hours. You're That's just a long like, time. oh god, <laughs> your calf muscles get a good workout. But. It's great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have any? Um, so some of the questions that my Instagram followers asked me, they're just kind of all over the board. So I guess at this point, we'll just kind of go into those questions cool. since we were pretty in depth with everything else. I'm super happy with how things turned out. Um, but what are some of your favorite, <laughs> she, she used the word weapon of choice. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, the riding crop is a personal favorite. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, which I actually got from the, I'm probably going to say this wrong, say this wrong, equestrian, equestrian? Esqu- yeah, equestrian. Yeah, equestrian. Actually? Story. Like, actually. Oh, yeah. You, they, oh it's always a fun, fun time going there because they think you're going to rap, you get vet rap and like all these other things and. They really think you like horses, but you just like beating the crap out of people. Um, <laughs> the riding crop, the I had a really nice like red leather flogger that I was a big fan of. Mm. Somebody stole it, but that no, was my what? How do we steal it? Shared spaces sometimes. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's nice. Um, my hands. <laughs> yeah, my hands. Very physical. Very, very, very physical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. I guess we kind of went over this, but what are, the, what are some of the kinkiest things you've ever done in a session, like in terms of requests? We kind of went over that. Unless you have more to share. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have lots to share. I don't know, like, it's funny because to me, so, some of these things are, are gross. Not like... It's like another like, category. Like, oh, it's so disgusting. Like, it's gross because... And I'll explain why. So, certain people have smell fetishes. Oh, no. Okay. I'm so scared about okay. this. They <laughs> <laughs> have smell fetishes. They want to smell... Like, if you just went to the gym they want to like lick your feet and like do all this like gnarly right. stuff right which I think is is great because I get to work out and then it's like haha right <laughs> but one time I had a regular client of mine request that I basically take a shit and not wipe my ass just so he could smell it no and so here I am I woke up in the morning <laughs> I took a shit and I have to like sit in a car to go to the <laughs> spot and I'm like sitting there with like my shitty butt <laughs> And I feel so gross because, like, that's not you're trained from a very young age not to do that. No, that's disgusting. Conditioning, (laughs) conditioning, and also like hygienic factors. Everything was going off my brain, like, no, 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 no. But I was like, yes, 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 yes. yes." (laughs) (laughs) And I was like thinking to myself, I was like laughing, I'm like, I'm driving with my bum, (laughs) my (laughs) shitty bum. 
yeah, that was one of the funniest things. Oh funniest my gosh. Ever had. So again, a really large array of requests. Totally. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, whatever floats your boat, people out there, your kinks, whatever. It's all fun and games. It's all fun and games. Fun and someone game. gets pink eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, some more questions here from our followers. Followers, um, what's the most amount someone has ever paid for? It depends, cause like I don't have uh, what you would call value pricing. Okay. So I don't do like if you want to see me, it's X amount, and then if you oh, want this, it's an extra. It's an add on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't do that. It's usually like a set price per hour. Okay. Um, but I've definitely had times where like I've done pretty much next to nothing, and when I mean next to nothing, I mean like got taken out for drinks. <laughs> I got. Pa- I got paid. I got paid to to party basically. Um oh. It was like I went out for dinner. Everything was paid for, obviously. Dinner, drinks, and then end of the night. Um, just got paid a grand to Sweet. to hang out and be fed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I don't mind that kind of. <laughs> that sounds really, really fun, in my opinion. Um, and you spoke on this earlier too. Well, you briefly mentioned it. Do you ever get women that inquire for your services, or would you know of any like women requesting like? amongst the circle or the community because that's just not something I ever hear about I always hear it's always like a woman dom and then always a male client um that's a really good question so I feel like the majority of women who are kinky and want those kinds of things they already exist within the kink community Mm -hmm. so they have no need to pay for any of this because they're surrounded by people who already want to do it and they usually are friends with people who are in that community and like like to have parties and things like that. So right. it's super, super rare because the women, first of all, are more in tune with themselves sexually and they're readily to admit that as opposed to men who would be ashamed of it, right. especially considering they're seeking out something that makes them submissive, whereas women are kind of, I feel like, usually more submissive yeah. by nature. Right. Um, and I think that's where the difference is. Right. Like they just have the community at their fingertips and then the people who aren't connected to that side of themselves are like the ones who are going to be finding people like me right yeah that's really interesting yeah because it's just something I never never really think about or hear about but you made a really great point already in the community so why should they seek and pay for something it's already there mm, right your girl probably don't ever have to <laughs> nope <laughs> mm. um I think this is a silly question but of course a guy asked this but <laughs> Do you ever get turned on during a session? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do, and sometimes in the strangest moments, and I don't, I don't question it. I just go with it. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's just natural thing too, you know. Like as a stripper too, I feel like I don't know, feeling myself, feeling good and stuff. Especially mm-hmm. doing VIP and stuff, and it's super like intimate. It can be fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's just normal. Otherwise, you're just really good at faking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, what was I going to say here? Yeah, I think that... Oh, what kind of advice would you give for someone that wants to get started? Anything at Dominatrix? Okay. Any tips and tricks? Um, you you have to be sure that you're the right personality to do it. If you have any doubts that you can do it, like, don't. <laughs> just don't, guys. Just well, don't. <laughs> it's just, this is one of those things, right? Like, if you've never... If you've never been in a position with a man where you, like, a partner, whatever, one night stand, where you've 
had to insert yourself in a sexual way um and that idea seems really foreign to you and you've always been in scenarios where the guy's kind of been more or less dominant and you're like you're a little bit more submissive then you really have to consider that because it's not just like and I'm sure you get this all the time too like girls will always joke like oh my god I just want to like quit my job and become a stripper like it's so easy it's not easy no it's It's, work it is work guys it's work (laughs) it is work and if you have that idea that it's just like, oh, you get to do whatever you want because you're a dom, don't do it. But if you are super, like, if you're a go-getter, if you're a bit more of an alpha, if you kind of get excited by the idea of doing it and you can see it as being, like, a positive thing instead of something that you're just doing because you hate men that week. Just that week. Then don't. (laughs) Right. So make sure you're the right type um, and then get yourself some outfits and try it out. See if it's for you. If not, and get screening processes. Don't be dumb. Be safe. Be safe, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any like resources you can recommend offer that, or should we leave that off the show? <laughs> resources like, like in guides terms of or... like not in terms of guides, unless you know any guides, but like in terms of like if people want to start with an agency first, or if how would one start like doing this as a business independently? Like where do you even start? Mm. Like how would you set yourself up? You have to uh, you have to consider it as like. What is gonna keep? What is gonna be safe for you? So if you don't have the capacity to say start working out of a hotel, or if you don't know anybody that does this kind of work, like research it because there's tons of blogs and things out there where people will talk about their experiences um, that will give you good tips about how to stay safe and um, how to screen your clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but don't just jump into it thinking like you just bought a bunch of toys and now you're a dom. Like you really have to consider like your safety, the safety of other clients, like. Um, how to sanitize your toys and like all that other stuff. The internet's great for that. Thanks, Google. Yeah, yeah thanks, yeah, thanks, Google. <laughs> awesome. And um, I'm sure you don't want me to reveal your identity, but is there anything that you want to plug? Any kind of closing notes there? Anything? Last words? <laughs> no, um, other than this has been really fun. Yay, thanks for being my first one on the podcast. Guys, if you have any more questions about Sadie, you can ask me on my Instagram and I can always relay it to her. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I will try to get something out for you guys next week, but don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.